Are you ever concerned that the size of your bladder is getting smaller? No. <laughs> I don't think so. Cause I, I've never worried about this. No, I've never thought about this. Is that a thing? Do bladders get smaller? I don't think they get smaller, but I but I think that generally men, as they age, like pee more frequently. And I noticed when I was, uh, I, I was on a trip last week, which is why the show is late, by the way. Hi. Also, by the way, sorry about that. Um, I was traveling to Texas, um, which we can talk about For a little the bit. Esports the eSports awards. Dude, okay. I sat at a table <laughs> front row center right next to Nade Shot, okay? So, like, I'm oh, big yeah. shit. Yeah. Uh, you got a little Fuck bit of extra people. glow this week. Dude, yeah, I know, right? It's like it's like uh, when they walk around, Twitter followers just fall off them, and you can like catch them, like 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 you're going around handling for soup. Um, I was at the esports awards. I was in I was in Dallas, Dallas, Fort Worth, Arlington surrounding area, and I rented a car, and I was doing a lot of uh, a driving around with said car to go to different barbecue places. I actually might have focused on that a little bit more than the esports awards. Don't tell anybody at Liquid. Um, <laughs> It was your own personal award show for American barbecue. Yeah, I went to five different places over five different days, tried five different briskets, all of which were like ranked in the top twenty-five in the latest like Big Texas ranking. And you know mm. what? It was pretty. I I, I I I have some notes. I think that you know their pork ribs are like whatever, but like the briskets, someplace really really good. But uh, the the point about the peeing is that because I was driving around so much and consuming like just a lot of like water and and, and food, I feel like for the first time I'm like, oh, I don't think I. Can and I don't think I can hold it as long as I used to. I feel like I need to pee at an increased frequency, which is concerning to me because I because I feel not that old yet. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's definitely a thing. Uh, but your bladder doesn't go smaller. I don't think that's what's happening. That's how I'm justifying. Eventually, it, you're eventually you're gonna get you know leaky dick. That's that's I, eventually what happens. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't want that. I I, I want to be. <laughs> what, what, what's that called? Incompetency. I I I, yes. I want to. I want to be very very competent forever. In, um. No no co not competent. Competent means you're good at something. Uh huh. Incontinent. Yeah, I'm, I'm, oh, but I'm in. I'm in a continent all the time. I don't want to be competent. <laughs> I want to be very continent, but the competence is like. In influx, um, uh -huh. yeah, 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 dude. I uh, Texas is flat. That's what I. That's what I. I <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It's part of that Midwest area that uh, of the, the U.S. that is very flat. That's that. That's what I learned this week. I learned that Texas mm. is flat, and I learned that it is very difficult to sit. So the award show, which was last Saturday, was uh, six hours about. That we were in wow. the. Uh, have you ever been to the esports arena in Texas? No. It's like mm. sponsored by the city, basically. It's like in an old convention center. It's a pre-set up stage, and like it's like a convention center that has a permanent esports stage installation and like the right light set up all the time. So like it's really plug and play for a tournament organizer, uh, which is cool. Like I mean, big big fan that like there's there's a space for that professional. It's just like turnkey. Um, we we went there. There was a whole red carpet thing. We we were treated pretty well, and then the award show was like five or six hours, and the people in the audience really lost momentum and energy about 
30 minutes in because I think what you're supposed to do at an award show is like, oh, it's nominations. Yeah, we're going to clap for them. There is so much clapping that had to happen during the course of, of those hours that people just gave up on the clapping. And you, and if anybody watched the stream, which you probably shouldn't have, I don't think there's really a reason to, you can, you can see the excitement level of the audience because they have a big gym camera that's like pushing over everything. The excitement of the audience just dwindles as the night goes on to the point by by the end of the night like no one's really clapping for stuff unless it's like big stuff so um i i was the only person out of like well, hold up <laughs> i'm sorry you said it's six hours yeah oh we, we were there for about six hours the, the award show itself, i just googled i just googled how long is the oscars and it says about three hours mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, what? Why is an esports show being twice as long as the fucking Oscars? The, the awards, I think, were technically four hours of in-person on stage, but we were in there for two hours to prelude the award awards, and then we were in the same building for another three hours for an after party. Oh, my goodness. But, like, okay. from the time we sat down till like, the end of the broadcast, it was about, like, five, six hours. Yeah. Mamma mia. So, um... <laughs> It sounds was, like an awful way to spend my Sunday. It, it was Saturday, and it was okay. okay. It, it, it was okay. I'm not still as good as networking as I want to be. I feel like I was there to, like, you know, talk to people, but there weren't a lot of creative people there. There was a lot of sales. Um, but, dude, the, the energy— you got to be good at networking, Joey. Very important in this industry. Reddit is really reminding us of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was the only person— in the arena i think that there was like literally five people who were dota fans there in the first place like like yeah and uh i was the only person who clapped for ame and psg lgd when they were nominated <laughs> for stuff and then people woo! people <laughs> looked at me like it, it wasn't like i was like yeah woo yeah go, uh, man ame People looked at me like they were confused about what I was doing. And I'm like, you're at the eSports Awards. One, you should clap out of courtesy. Two, like, wh- wh- what? Why Why am I getting judged? <laughs> why am I getting oh, judged? Look, that guy's from one of the weirdo eSports. <laughs> Dude, you can tell what people were excited about in the arena. And the answer mm-hmm. was everybody loves League of Legends. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. So when they're like, and competitive team of the year, PSG LGD. And I'm like, yeah, woo, God, good, great, you should have won that TI. And everyone's like, crickets. And I'm like, <laughs> well, right, right, won one of the, the awards, right? They won a couple. Or I'm sure they won. A, a, like, so there was probably a number of riot people there, right? They shouldn't care, though. Like, it's an award uh, show. You clap for everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But I, I'm, I'm more so saying, like, like uh, the people that aren't riot, probably all the more reason to be invested in riot products they're they're killing it lately they're putting out so many different games arcane was amazing uh at this point in time unless you still believe in artifact 2.0 riot's the uh the developer that you want to be on the side of if you're in esports yeah and valorant man people you know it's 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 yeah. it's good it's cool uh but i i felt there were other people there i know jacob was in the room because i was sitting a stone's throw away from him he wasn't excited about ame probably because he didn't want nade shot to look at him weird because he was gonna get judged <laughs> yeah it was it would be a reminder that he's from of the one of the weirdo esports yeah. you know he's probably trying to bury that past oh you were a pro player in what game ah oh, that doesn't matter it was back in the days you know <laughs> god 
So, uh, so esports awards happened. Don't have to talk about it because we didn't mm. win anything. But I was prepared Aww. to give a speech if I had to win something. Uh, but I knew that I wasn't going to win anything. But I was prepared mildly. Do people know if they're they're going to win? I feel like when when I got nominated, people did know if they were going to win because people weren't going to attend unless they they won. And I know I didn't win. <laughs> uh, I think the answer. I, I think it depends. It depends mm. because, okay, so think about it from the production standpoint of eSports Awards. If you want to have Nate shot there, you got to tell him he's going to win something, right? Like, he's not getting yeah, out of bed yeah. for nothing. Similar with a lot of other people. Like, uh, if you want the person there, you should probably let them know if they're big enough. But also, I think that if something is competitive, you get a lot of, like, similar, like, almost winners, potential winners who who come around for the just-in-cases. Um, I feel conflicted because the people who won like the esports creative and production teams of the year stuff were actually it wasn't liquid it wasn't g2 it wasn't 100 thieves it was uh -huh. dr disrespects people uh-huh are they esports people i or think is that just generally streaming stuff I, I think that that's the issue. It's like it, it, uh, for for me, it's it's it's. Uh, I I don't want to be gatekeepy about what is and isn't quote esports, but I feel like that's the sentence I'm proposing right now because if it's like <laughs> ah man, like you know, it they, they do awesome stuff for anybody who you know is a Doctor Disrespect fan and on, on the stream like they make a lot of was cool he there? Stuff. No, was Mister Disrespect there? Mister Disrespect was not there. Oh. Well, that, it's that's I know. a real bummer for the esports awards. They, they that that's <laughs> it. Like that's that, that's what they make. But I mean, you know, G two did awesome stuff all year long. Hundred Thieves filmed a video with Lil Nas X. I sent something to space, and did zero G. Mm -hmm. Like there, there, there's a bunch of I think teams who are doing really cool stuff this year who were all pushing each other, and they they got passed up for for Doctor Disrespect's stream graphics. Uh, which again, super cool, but like not. I I, I don't know how I feel about it. I don't know. How I, feel, I I guess I do know how I feel about it, and the answer is grumpy. Yeah. No. 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 I think I think that is fair. I think that is fair because uh, presumably his he like I I don't watch that. Well, I have seen Doctor Disrespect, but I don't actively watch a stream or anything. The uh, it is like most of that stuff. Isn't it just like graphics and cool green screen stuff? Yeah, um, yeah. Are they doing any like real world recording? I don't think they're doing much, but I mean, like they they have done promotion videos. I think that like you know his book promotion was cool. There's uh, he he does do like a book. Yeah, oh, I think he's, yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> there, there there there's a lot of stuff that they do. Like their their thumbnails, their YouTube stuff. Like all of it's like really competent. It's a super tight brand with super creative people on it that do a phenomenal job. But I think that it's hard to compare versus like even if i take myself out of it out of the stuff that like g2 made this year so yeah yeah yeah, yeah you've got you've got whole teams dedicated to to making like lots of cool shit it's understandable you'd be uh, a little bit put out that um somebody else besides what you consider your direct competitors you know i i would be grumpy if like uh, oh i know what it was casey got nominated for esports caster of the year and that was the only dota person on that list like like that that was so was, absurd i think shiver was nominated for host of the year is it kyle's on the panel he should be no, able no, to no, tell no. Him that's stupid i i no, i meant like like two years ago or something oh, oh. kate they put casey onto the caster uh and of course i attached her to, to dota 2 and obviously she's not a caster 
Uh, so that that was really weird. That that was so absurd that I couldn't really get mad at it. It was just like, what the fuck? Like that's weird. I think that it goes it to shows show like again. Yeah, it goes to show like or, how they view Dota two, I guess. But incontinence uh, or incontinence. Maybe it's incontinence. Yeah, I, I, maybe, maybe they were incontinent. And they had to run to the bathroom, and that's why they put Casey on, on the list. The uh, but yeah, like I, I could see like if that was if that wasn't so absurd, I would be grumpy about it. I'd be like, what the hell? Like it, it, I don't you know don't put me on, but like, at least put like Owen on or somebody. Like back then, Toby was still casting. Uh, you know, I'm not sure if LD was still casting at that point in time. That was probably after he retired. But yeah, it's like you know, lots of good people here. Like. Why'd you choose somebody who's literally not a caster? So, yeah. No, I think it's understandable that you'd be grumpy about that. I would say the Texas trip was a success, though. Mostly because of the barbecue. For anybody who's from the area, my favorite was Goldie's. So. You, uh, I think I ordered from Goldie's. I think I did one of those, uh, online ordering from restaurant things where they ship, they ship the the stuff to you. I think that might have been the place that I ordered from because I know there there was some highly rated barbecue place. They act, yeah they they won number one in the Texas Times top fifty, which happens every three years. They're the most recent number mm. one winner. And uh, normally I'm like number one. How good can number one be? But they undisputably had the best brisket out of all the places that I went to. So, and yeah. you hung out with Tsunami a lot while you were there, right? Yeah, we stayed together for a hot minute in uh, in in downtown Dallas, which was which was cool, um, because he's also from Texas, which is nice. I did not mess with Texas. Um, That's I, good. <laughs> you don't you don't do that. You don't do that. Um, but but yeah, that's that that's that's all I got in front of there. I think that that there's a lot of people who are like, man, did they did they go? what is it, 15 whole minutes and not talk about, like, oh, guys, the rosters are locked. And my yeah, thoughts... Yeah, don't, don't worry, guys. We'll, we'll stop talking about Joey's personal life. It just keeps on coming up on this podcast. I, like, last, last podcast was like a full hour of Joey. It was like weird people were like why the fuck is he talking he's he's supposed to transition the words that cap says into a different like like what what the fuck is he doing sharing where's my dota fuck off um i still feel conflicted about doing what even could amount to a full podcast about roster moves because i know that there's so many other people who are just fucking Mm, really really ramming the roster news hard and talking about it and maybe they might even be announced more qualified than us but 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 i mean what else is there really i mean we get we got there, there there's news there's how do well, we there's, not there's a lot of drama stuff that we could talk about but uh i think we could take probably a solid 15 minutes to talk about uh some of the rosters um that are more interesting if you guys haven't seen it there is a um uh, if you scroll down through the top of Reddit from this week, uh, there is somebody who put out a graphic that has all of the region's uh, upper division uh, rosters and the changes that have been made. So basically, it's uh, this guy's out and you know these, these people are in. Um, so, for example, we can start with N.A. Quincy Crew, of course, picked up uh, Kezu, Milan, and Ponlo, which we already knew last week. I think I talked about that. I'm not like super uh invested like i just don't really believe in that roster compared to the previous quincy crew but then again the previous quincy crew uh never succeeded on the main stage so you know that's uh 
you can't really judge these things too harshly. I think the big news coming out of NA uh, is, of course, that Archon is uh, evil geniuses uh, picked up Nightfall and Jerix. And this is probably the hottest story because Jerix has now come out of retirement and all of his OG members have seemingly retired or are taking a break. So he is the only two-time TI winning player currently playing in this season in the DPC. And I also think that him playing on EG, which it seems to be he's going to be playing five and maybe has a captaining role. I'm not entirely sure uh, on that just yet. But if that is the case, then I, I think Jerix is actually putting himself up for uh, the potential for him to enter into the conversation of greatest of all time for hmm. Dota players, right? Because... Right now, the the conversation is Puppy or Kuro or Seb No-Tail as sort of like if you could just put them together. There, there are a couple. Weird yeah. monstrosity, Frankenstein, you know. Yeah, it's because they, they won back-to-back -back two TIs. Kuro and Puppy both won a TI, but they're... they're their legacy is is much longer um, than than No Tail and Seb, and their their um, consistent performance year over year over year is what puts them in the conversation of goats. But if Jerix differentiates himself from all those two time TI winners and also puts himself as a captain, then all of a sudden you can be in that conversation of of goat. You know, and because I think generally speaking, I think in Dota, goats kind of have to be. There are like goat players and goat like the the real goats, which are usually captains, they're leaders. Like if yeah. they're not captains, they're, they're they're like defined leaders, right? So yeah, they're they're individually skilled players who can do a lot. But Dota is a very strategic game, and those so therefore we always value captains. I think a little bit higher than everybody else. Do you think Jarek's got bored of his normie job? I don't know what his normal job was. He said he was going to do exciting things, and then he streamed for, like, a little bit. Uh, I know he had, like, a merch thing while he was on OG. Uh, I don't know if that ever coalesced into anything else uh, after he retired, but uh, it's. I guess it's not terribly surprising that he, he got the itch to come back at some point in time. And I have no idea how this this actually happened. I don't know if Jerix approached EG or if EG approached Jerix or or how this sort of thing went down. But uh, it is uh, it is going to be, I think, an interesting time. And Evil Geniuses, if they flop super hard, it, it'll obviously uh, kind of ruin Jerix. Uh, the because right now he's held up as like the reason OG won two TIs, right? Because Obviously, the following up roster of OG did not do so well. So a lot of people point to Jerex. They're like, oh, obviously, he was the reason that OG won those two TIs in the first place. So uh, he's got sort of this golden status right now that could get torn away if EG doesn't do well. I truly cannot even fathom, fathom a world where EG does not, like, win their DPCs. I don't know how they're going to do internationally. Yeah. I don't know how they're going to do internationally. Maybe maybe they're just good enough to like be NA champions, but and and maybe that's giving so incredibly much disrespect to probably Undying first and foremost, but then I guess everybody else secondarily. But if you look, if you look at the NA pool, and I know it was kind of like it last year, but it feels even more like it this year. The answer is like, well, there's EG, and then there's a gap, and then there's other people. Yeah, yeah, it actually looks like. Um... 
I am anticipating Undying, who actually stuck together as five, to be the second best team in NA. Um, mostly because I don't, just don't believe in Quincy Crew, but also because, um, at least initially, they are probably already ahead of Quincy Crew, right? When you start a new team, there's going to be some fumbling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you reach a honeymoon phase where you do really well, and then you naturally slide back down and, and things go bad again, and then... Who knows what happens in time for TI, but I'm anticipating at least the start of the season on dying to be ahead of Quincy crew. Um, but I, you know, who knows it's six weeks long. So I'm, I imagine that ESL is going to have undying and Quincy crew face off against each other at the very end of the season. You want to save that match for, I, I think the end of the season, like we did last year where we custom made every week and saved mm-hmm. what we would expect to be the best matches for the end of the season. Uh, can I can I soapbox for a second? Yeah. Permission to soapbox. Yeah. I uh I saw uh Mr. Mr. or Mrs. I leak all the Dota stuff uh do an AMA the other day. <laughs> you know, I I honestly real quickly, I thought that was really sad. Sad. Sad because sad, are, are are you like psychoanalyzing the fact that you think that they need attention, so they're just like you know, doing that? Like like why why sad? I, I mean, if you're if you're gonna be a leaker, uh, I think attention is a, a big part of that for most people, but not necessarily all of them. But the the fact that you did an AMA afterwards, I think, really says that you you really wanted the attention, and um, <laughs> and then like that that just kind of makes me sad because it's not even you. It's it's an anonymous account. It's, you're not really getting the attention because no one knows it's you. Now, the liquid stuff did not get scooped by anybody. Uh-huh, yes. I feel pretty good about that. Part of it is that we did go to market pretty quick about it. Like, that's why, you know, Zai tweeted immediately. And that was part mm-hmm. of the marketing, right? Because, like, we didn't want someone to, to leak it and make it someone else's story. But mm-hmm. there was there was this notion that was present in the thread that teams don't care about leaks or players don't care about leaks. I think it's funny. And while I can't speak to all players, and I'm sure some of them truly don't care about the news cycle, I can say without talking to anybody in EG with utter confidence that they were fucking pissed about the JRX news getting scooped. Mm. That is that is really hot news. Uh, like it would have really blown people out of the water if there was no rumors of it. But mm-hmm. and, yeah, you know, but like th- that that's going to happen. I feel like you know the bigger esports becomes, you know, sports leagues happen all the time. There are people who literally make that their job. So yeah, and it does exist more so in other scenes, and at least the people leaking in other arenas like are your. Uh, esports journalists or something like that, right? They're not just an insider on a burner account who's leaking news for the sake of, like, you know, attention or drama or just for the lulls. Like, I feel I feel pretty not awesome on EG's behalf because that's uh, that's a really cool story that they get the chance to break, and I'm sure they want to do it properly. And the notion mm. that like you know, oh man, teams are waiting so long to release rosters. Like, if you want to do something cool about a new player, it takes um it takes a minute. It takes a minute of resources to like write an article, make a graphic, do anything that you want to do. It it can't just happen in a day. Yeah. So 
maybe maybe I feel annoyed at other people being annoyed or the community annoyance and like, oh man, the roster moves took so long. Where was all the news? It's a good thing we got a leak, or otherwise, what were we gonna fucking who? <laughs> <laughs> I uh you know I, I'm I'm laughing so much is cuz I I complained about that last week. Mm-hmm. I said why is it taking so long, Joey? But be- yes, we now have all the rosters. Uh I want to want to speed things up here. South America, Beast Coast, uh sticking its thing. Uh the hot contender to Beast Coast, I assume is going to be Thunder Predator just because they recently did well at uh, the BTS Americas uh, tournament. So um, they actually beat four Zoomers twice, once in a best of three, another time in a best of five in the grand finals, and uh, they they worked them pretty badly. So uh, Thunder Predator looks to be like the second best team in SA, so expecting them to be the the other team that goes to uh, the major. Who knows how Beast Coast does uh, online, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, can you do you know how it works? Because some of these teams, like in South America, just have completely five man new rosters, but are keeping like the same brand identifier. Is that like that's? I I, I thought the players own the spots. Um. Well, I guess that depends on who is who does hold the slot. Uh. Right. One person can hold the slot. Um, and I assume that if you're a tournament organizer, or excuse me, a team owner, uh, you negotiate to own the slot, um, and pay the players a bunch of extra money to own the slot. Um, that way you have some, some stability in the matter. Um, so I don't, I don't exactly know. I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm going to sure I'm, I'm going to investigate that. that stuff because there are a handful of teams in a bunch of different divisions that just basically, you know, Thunder Predator, all new people, no ping, all new people, SG, TNC. Mm. Uh yeah, at least. Yeah. <laughs> Omega Esports. Uh we'll get to that in a second. Uh Southeast Asia T1 is still the their stick of the same. Um they're presumably uh, going to be the best team coming out of there. Uh, Fnatic picked up Armel, which I think makes them uh, a lot more exciting. Uh, Raven, Armel, Jabs, uh, DJ. I feel like that that four is is really strong, and I I hope that they manage to actually do well this year, um, as opposed to to last year. Southeast Asia is just chock full of uh, I think really competitive tier two teams. Um, oh, so that yeah. region is still going to be hype, excluding Omega Esports, who uh, who got some of their their players banned for match fixing. How and and I also saw that they were match fixing for a thousand dollars. Were they really? Oh no! Yeah, <laughs> three two two uh, all the way back in like 2013, and now in 2021 it's up to a thousand dollars. That's what we're match fixing for. Pe- oh. Cap people are complaining all over the place about inflation. But I mean, clearly it's not that bad. We've only gone from three hundred dollars to a thousand dollars to throw your life away uh-huh. in Dota. So, like, is that re- given how much time passes? Is that really that much? Yeah, that's uh, that was a pretty wild one, especially since Omega was bringing back Forever. Um, so now I don't know what's going on with that team um, because there is um, three people who got cleared. I believe, uh, but two of the people that are on Omega Esports and then some former players as well uh, got banned. 
So in this case, uh, I don't know if those that three man is going to somehow hold on to the roster and like pick up two other people to form a team. I'm not actually sure what's going to go on there, but I was interested to see Forever come back. And what is it due to Omega's brand, right? Like, are they able to... Like we, oh, we... I think Omega is banned as well from from Dota, like they did with uh, newbie. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so that's a thing. Um, I'm excited, also, like you're saying for for Div Two, mostly because I think that I want to see Talon play and make their way up to Div One. Um, I I like KP. I think he's a good Dota player. <laughs> yeah, I I, no, I, 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 I have a soft spot. Too. I have a soft spot for all the teams that he's on. Um, CIS has similar like full complete new rosters both with Hellraisers and Empire yeah I think um, the so Team Spirit TI winners coming into that um, may not actually be the favorite just because they're TI winners every TI winner doesn't all of a sudden show up to the next uh, tournament and kick ass usually it's like I'm taking a vacation and I'm not touching Dota so uh, Team Spirit may not actually be the best team there we'll see uh, I mean those are those guys are young and they really love Dota and they're still playing a bunch of Dota so uh, maybe they will maybe they will keep kicking ass but um, the the big ones there coming out of Eastern Europe are uh, Virtus Pro obviously had a, a shift um, where that five man apparently had some real problems. They said they were not getting along. Um, so now Pure and Yamich are going to be playing on VP, uh, replacing Nightfall and Save, uh, who's no longer there. So that's the that's the big interesting switch up. Other than that, I feel like most of them is Eastern Europe uh, rosters just passing players around, but with the caveat of I do feel like more younger players are being picked up and passed around. Um, I feel like, you know, play, players that Don't do my boy are... Solo dirty. Have you... you, you hold on. You know what I would love to see? I want Solo uh, to send us uh, a picture of his closet because I want to see all the jerseys. Yeah, yeah. Solo is uh, back into upper division after... Which is so wild um, that he is still valued that highly that it literally led a team that went from upper division to lower division to out of the DPC. Boom, boom. And now he's back in upper division uh, playing for Na'Vi, uh, which is V2, no one, the new additions. General is back. <laughs> uh, Aloha Dance going to be playing four and then solo five. Uh, so that roster uh, definitely has some promise if you uh, if you still believe in in solo. If there's as, any uh, player, <laughs> if there's any Dota historians, I want to know if anybody has joined and left the same team more than General and Navi. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely. I'm sure he's eclipsed Arteezy at this point in time on <laughs> with Secret and EG. So. It's uh, it's been a whirlwind for him, but uh, hopefully, you know, let bygones be bygones, and he can get back to his uh, old teammates and uh, play Dota again. I don't know. That whole situation is fucking weird, and uh, I, I feel like there is definitely going to be some grudges still left over. But uh, other than that, so Navi is the old guard where they're still picking up old players um, that have been around forever, but. Uh, everybody else, I see new names or I see like names I've even n never heard of or names that I saw in lower division, um, that are now being picked up, being, you know, taken from one of these promising lower division teams and like, okay, you've got talent. 
just come join the big dogs. Um, so that does make me hopeful for Eastern Europe um, because that obviously has been a problem where the old boys just kind of get shuffled around the same spots and we just play musical chairs with the same people forever. Um, I think the, that problem has been there for a while. I t- think Team Spirit uh, winning TI kind of makes that very obvious of like, hey guys, you should probably try some new people. Um, and so uh, I hope anyway that is why some of these people are being picked up. Uh, China. Can you explain to me mm-hmm. how RNG is in upper division? Uh, no. Uh, how are they in upper division? Okay. I actually don't know this. I I haven't paid attention. So, uh, my understanding, and I was asking you because I'm hoping you had confirmation, because I think I have the right story, but this is not good journalism right here, so pardon me. Uh, Elephant gave up their spot they are no longer competing or playing and i don't know the story behind that i don't know if it's because burning uh was was gambling all of elephants money away or like what the situation is <laughs> but uh-huh. rng basically got elephant spot and i don't know if like it was sold to rng or gifted to rng or if someone decided in the chinese system that rng is the person who decided to move up next i don't know what it is but rng is taking what was Elephant's own spot, and then someone else took RNG's spot from Division Two and backfilled it. Okay, so, uh, yeah, no, no, no. I think that, I think that is right because RNG got seventh, um, which I believe there was another team. It's probably Southeast Asia, um, Omega, um, somebody who got seventh in Southeast Asia keeps their spot. So instead of Omega being there, I believe uh, one of the teams got boom. relegated boom, last I season. Think. So yeah, this this just a, a consistent rule set. It seems like. Yeah, it, it was boom uh, for SEA. Yeah, okay. Um, I like RNG's team on paper. I'm I'm consistently more excited for Chinese Dota, I think, year over year. It's, it, it's really growing on me. I like that LGD is staying together. Yeah, uh, LGD staying together. Uh, Aster has picked up Ori, which uh, I felt like Ori impressed me um, over the last few years of, of his just const- constant improvement. Um so he may not be your like star player, your Ame maybe kind of status, but uh, I do think that he is still very solid. Uh, Fade but is that, back. That hurts Vici. Back on IG. Like, like I don't oh, know yeah. what Vici looks like because Ori was to me like really slaying over there. Yeah, yeah. Vici Gaming had a pretty big roster change where they've got some players that uh, I actually don't know. Um, I don't know who YDS is, for example. So. Uh, yeah, I guess if I uh, I end up covering any China, which don't think I am, uh, but eventually I will with the major and stuff. I'll have to look into those uh, those players. A lot of a lot of newer players that I'm seeing um, on this upper division, both because the uh, some of the players got promoted from uh, the lower division, um, which I believe Phoenix was one of them, and LBZS. <laughs> Is probably the other team. Yeah. Um, Phoenix was promoted and then has a whole new roster in Africa Division 1. <laughs> so nobody yeah, who weird, earned that spot, ev- everybody who earned that spot did not get to stay on the team, which is, I mean, I think that happened last year where Phoenix like went up and then went <clears> back down. So, yeah. you know, maybe it's justifiable. Um, I do like that every region does have a team that is completely sticking together. And the region that has the most teams that are completely sticking together uh, is is East, is Western Europe because Nigma 
and Tundra are just the same roster, which makes me excited yeah. for Tundra because I still don't know if they've really peaked out. And I think it has a lot of people confused about if 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 Nigma is going to come with some vengeance or if they're just going to continue to be like a third fourth place team. Yeah, I mean, uh everything that I know of Kuro, there's no way um that if they do bad this first season uh that they're going to keep the same roster. That is somebody who is you could feel how motivated um, he he is a very intense individual. Um, so I, I cannot imagine um, that they are happy with what happened last year. They were close to being able to get to TI. Um, you know, the, a lot of unfortunate situations, for example, mind control not going to the first major or them not quite getting enough points to be able to get to TI. Um, so there's just a, a lot of problems that propped up for them. Um but I, I have to imagine if they don't receive immediate success, then something is going to change for that roster. They can't be together, especially I think ILTW is like the obvious out, right? He's the only non-TI winner, um, hasn't had the same kind of success as everybody else on the team. Um, so I have to imagine that if anybody pops up that is worth replacing ILTW with uh, and they are not doing well, they will immediately do it. Um, so... Not expecting that roster to stick together as five. Tundra, I do, though, because uh, that's obviously a team that is younger than Nygma. They haven't been around together as five as long, and they obviously received a lot of success towards the end of the season last year. So it definitely feels like they're on a trajectory upward. Um, so if they continue that trajectory, finally get to a major, you know, like, uh, good things can really happen. Uh are the are the two teams that came up from lower division, which are Viking and Level Up, which are now Team Tickles and Cool Guys, the obvious seventh eighth again here? Uh huh. Yes, yes, I, I I think they are. Um, but because of roster changes, we can't know for sure. I think OG is the other obvious uh team. Like I I think there's a separation where you've got Team Secret and then TBD. Uh, one of these teams between Nigma, Liquid, Alliance, and Tundra is probably going to knock it out of the water, and they're going to be uh, near the top. Um, they're going to be, like, super dominant. I'm expecting Secret just because new ro roster, Secret's consistently dominant. Um, mm. And then I think OG, Viking GG, or Team Tickles, Cool Guys, I think those are the obvious bottom three. Um you know, again, like you, you never know until teams actually play it out. Six weeks is a long season. We saw from from Alliance last year, like teams can do really well uh, when they only have to play like one game a week online. Um, that that is like uh, different than you know what has been the the past of Dota two for a long time. So the uh, there is opportunities, and I think things. Uh, I believe the last year that things were going to get shaken up quite a bit. Turns out Alliance was the one doing the shaking up when it came to the DPC, and they actually got first. Um, I'm expecting things this year to be a little bit more straightforward. Um, I I don't super believe that the bottom three teams are really going to shake things up and be top top three and going to the major right away. Um, and I also don't believe that the established teams of uh, Nigma, Secret, Tundra, Liquid, uh, Alliance are, are really going to lose that much ground. I don't think any of them are going to get relegated, at least not in the first season, but we'll see. I think I, if I had to call the most consistent league, I, I think that Liquid, Nigma, and Secret are going to every major. 
Uh, that I'm not. Sh- I I feel like Tundra. I think Tundra is going to end up getting a slot to the major for for Western Europe. I, there, there, I feel four relatively strongly about them. There's four yeah, in Western yeah, yeah. Europe, I, so so I, maybe I, they also are that fourth person. And I know that I have a history of like bashing on Alliance, but like I want to see how they do with with the roster. I'm I'm really not certain about it. I think OG like has the most like variants. Obviously, we we know nothing about them. Could yeah. could could be good. Could be icky. But I mean, I I'm 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 gonna be hard pressed to to bet against who we think is gonna do well in East in Western Europe. And I know so you did. Uh, a whole podcast with Blitz, which people should go mm-hmm. listen to, talking about uh, the liquid offseason, the roster, which was super interesting. I listened to it while eating barbecue, and mm-hmm. uh, everyone should go check that out. So I, I don't need to, you know, reiterate anything that that, that Will was saying, but um, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for the year's worth of prospects for Team Liquid. Yeah, you guys uh, definitely one of the winners of the roster switcheroo. Um, if I had to like point out like, if I had to call winners and losers, I'd say OG. Uh, I mean, it's not even fair to call OG a loser because that's just an entirely different roster. So um, Alliance is right there on the the line. I I really believe in Leslau. I'm I I think Aramis is pretty good, but I'm not like as convinced about him. Um, as like for me, it's Lesla and Nico Baby that make that team really good for Alliance. Um, Supreme, okay, Aramis, okay, um, Hanskin. You know, uh, he's been captains before, and he's got uh, I think better players than he's ever had as a captain. So, um, it, you know that that roster, I'm not sure winner or loser. Uh, but like for example, Quincy Crew, I think is worse than last year. Beachy Gaming, I think is worse than last year. Um, who else is definitely? I can make worst. the argument that I think Team Secret might be worse than last year. Yeah, that one's really hard to say. I remember we talked about this last week, where I thought like maybe Secret's actually going to be one of the losers. Sumail cements it for me that they can't be a loser. I think any team that has Sumail, I think that guy is just like so talented and so motivated. Um, and uh, apparently from everything that uh, I've talked to people about is that he's like a really good teammate as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I'm a little bit more skeptical about Ice 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 um, because I think he's a fantastic offlaner, but I think he's a little bit like uh, a name you mentioned earlier, KP, where he is a little bit more meta dependent, let's say. Um, where there are times where I feel like Ice 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 is top three offlaner in the world, and there are other times where I think he's like ninth, tenth. You know, he's always going to be good, um, but I'm not convinced that he is consistently uh, the best. So, uh, meanwhile, like Smail, I feel like is consistently held as like one of the best, one of the best players, one of the best mids. Then who do you think won? Who 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 are real winners that that were walking away from the season? I think that uh, Ace, Liquid. I, I, yeah, I mean, I I can't say that. One, RNG. Thank you. <laughs> RNG. RNG picked up maybe uh, Chalice and X Nova. Um, all three of those players, I really believe in. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think that that is a roster that definitely won. Um, maybe Aster to a certain extent. Um, got boosted up a little bit. I'm not Eastern Europe is uh, I'm not sure if there are any winners there. Um, Spirit won by on, staying on together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For Eastern Europe on paper, I don't know if there are any winners. Uh, there obviously will be winners once we see them in action. But uh, I am not 
many of these players I'm, I'm very familiar with from like uh, Melees, Petrushar, Happy Giara. Like I casted them many, many times. Um, but none of them have stood out to me so much though that I'm like, oh, that's the team um, mm -hmm. that I think is going to be super good. I think all of those players um, have like their ups and downs. Um, like Melees is super good, but I feel like he's got maybe a more limited hero pool. Um, Young G, like Pug Champ changed up their roster and picked up Young G and Malik. Um, which I think Young G is good, uh, but I just, you know, Puck Champ was such a, they were like a fun little Cinderella story from lower division, you know, like a bunch of no names crawling up. So messing with that mojo feels a little weird. Uh, Fnatic winner. I think Fnatic is a winner for picking up RML. Uh, cause I think that guy's really sick. Mm, who else? Um, I, I don't want to say full new rosters. That's kind of weird, but like Thunder Predator, uh, looks like their new roster is going to be pretty sick. Cause I, I, cause, uh, because is on that lineup and I really, I, I think that guy's really good. You know more about NA Dota than I do. Do you think four Zoomers had a good offseason? Or does um, Mu and Z Freak not yes. have as high of stock as they used to? I, I think four I think four Zoomers uh I'm not gonna say they're outright winners, but I feel like this is they needed a change. They needed a necessary change. Um they couldn't keep on going with the old four zoomers. Um so I think that Gunner and Husky were the core of the team from the way I look at it. I think Gunner's incredibly talented and, and I think you hold on to him and I, Husky was the captain. So I just kind of assumed that he is essential to have, um, picking up Moo, Costabile, Sea Freak, all individuals that have shown that they are very talented. Um, maybe they're not necessarily in the prime of their career, uh, right now, but that doesn't that's not to say in six months that we won't say that they're in the prime of their career. Uh, there's no reason like Z Freak is still incredibly good. Um, Moo is, you know, bounced around from team to team and gone off lane and, and carry and all these sorts of things. But um, he's in a position to be able to succeed. There's a reason why he was at the, the grand finals of TI six. Yeah, TI six and Costa Biela is super good. Um, so they're the yeah, team that I think is going to introduce the most chaos to North America. Like they could potentially pick off games if they click from maybe anyone. They could also oh, there is lose a, to there anybody. is a team of of literal demons. Uh, I feel like that's pretty chaotic. I might even say chaotic evil. Yeah, but uh, how am I supposed to rate? <laughs> how how am I supposed to go with you know? Uh, who is Forsaken Oracle compared to AUI 2000? Like, I mean, how am I supposed to one-to-one -one compare people? Arkosh is definitely a loser this year. Uh, no doubt. Because they had AUI for at least the TI qualifiers, and he's no longer there. So, big loss there. Though Monkey, I think, is is pretty good. Uh, surprisingly, when you, uh, you put a, a diaper on a monkey and, and force him to play... Uh, Dota 2 for 16 hours a day. Uh, he actually learns and adapts very quickly. Um, huh. You know, bananas are a powerful motivator, and uh, he's he's really good. So uh, that that may offset things a little bit. Uh, D2 Hustlers picked up a bunch of players and only kept Devai Lama, uh, which is, I think, a winner for them for sure. Esk uh, has been around the scene for, for a while. 
he's good. Yamsen's good. Sammy boy going to offlane. I'm, I don't know. Maybe he just feels like he needs a, a change of, of some kind. Um, but kind of a winner there. Uh, I think actually I'm going to say hundred percent. I feel like that's a winner. Um, no offense to some of the people who are on that team that are my friends, actually, uh, 1437 and, and Pandago, uh, no offense to them, but, uh, I do feel like this D2 hustlers lineup has, uh, a higher ceiling. Let's put it that way. They have a higher ceiling. Well, I, th- I think that really kind of hits all of it. I know that we're going to spend literally the next weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks also seeing how these things actually shake out, which I guess is why this is exciting and this is why people cover sports. But uh, I am I am in full ready for DPC mode. I'm in full ready for DPC mode. Do you know or could you talk about like what you're doing? Um, I know what I'm doing at this sound point like, in time. sound like a it no. Hasn't- <laughs> I mean, it just hasn't been announced, so I don't necessarily uh, like want to step on any toes. Not that I think. Oh, how really nice! You're not going like, to leak stuff. I'll, uh, I'll I'll leak that. I mean, people can probably guess what I'm doing if I if I tell them uh, the general prospects. I am going to be doing. Uh, I wanted to change things up this year. Uh, you know, last year, like one of the big things uh, that we talked about over time was that I felt like uh, with the DPC, the segmented talent working on specific regions meant that like viewership became a lot more tribalistic right Mm -hmm. where people like you're following your region and you love your region and your casters are casting your region you love your casters and fuck those other casters dreamhack baby let's go let's go dreamhack so i i uh i wanted to be able to work uh multiple regions if possible this year uh and i also did not want to fly to sweden (laughs) I didn't want to fly to Sweden right away. So uh, I'm going to be working with a different tournament organizer for the first half of the season. And then uh, for the second half of the season, uh, I should be back to uh, what I was doing before. So that is what I've got on my docket. I feel like um, maybe it's just coincidence, but I feel like a lot of people are actually going to be doing something like that. Um, Not necessarily because that's what they wanted to do, but just because... It uh, feels like tournament organizer uh, may want some some variety, uh, which works for me. I'm not sure if other people are happy about it, but uh, I want, wanted variety. So, yeah. Is there any value in that variety for you as a brand? Because <laughs> I hate that I said that. Uh, but like, if, hey. if, if, if you're in different people, you're just getting like different exposure, right? And also, you're probably creatively at least doing things a little bit differently so it's not like clocking in and out for i mean a dpc season six weeks and we're doing three of them so there's like 18 weeks of of very similar dota all year yeah yeah i think um that is overexposure i think is a pretty big problem uh for talent if you are at the highest tier, like you're just getting hired for lots of things. You're constantly on camera, right? You're constantly talking to pe- people. Just get tired of you, you know. Um, there's there's not there's not as much excitement 
when you show up on screen because they've heard the same. You you make the same jokes. You you have the same tics that bother people. You know, like yep, yep, it just yep. you spend too much time with anybody, and, and they're gonna bother you no matter how much you love them. Uh, so I think overexposure is a bit of a problem. So yeah, I think that that uh, is would definitely help. Um, it's not the motivator per se. I just I personally wanted to be able to like do different regions because um, I think that would help alleviate the, uh, the 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 narrative right now, which is like uh, these casters only care about the, like this region because they're only they're not casting my region. They only care about their region, sort of thing, um, which. I think is both fair and unfair. I think there's a, a point to be made, uh, though I think people make that point way too big. Uh, so yeah, that's that's what I'm going to be doing. Uh, I only have the first season planned out. I don't know what I'm going to be doing for a second and third season. Still, still figuring that out. I is think. do you think that's normal or abnormal at this point? abnormal uh that i don't have the second and third season locked down yeah like i guess what i'm tease what, what i'm trying to tease out is are do most of your cohorts know what they're doing for the full year i think most of them know i think it's easier for a tournament organizer just to be able to lock people down for the the full deal um but if you're not as established, you probably maybe you're only getting picked up for a season and we'll see sort of thing um for example like uh last year pgl picked up nomad as their host and then was replaced by sumichu right or no that was no the no major. she went to the major tsunami yeah tsunami, tsunami went over replaced mm -hmm. yep right so I, I i think um like that that's an example of like okay we'll we'll see what happens and then obviously they they got somebody that they felt like was either fit the show better or they felt was better or something like that so um, I'm wondering who's going to go do um, China because I like, you yeah. know, I don't know if Nomad's coming back. I don't think B-Cop got hired. There's a Reddit thread about that. Like, I don't <laughs> like I don't know if Black's going to be yeah, casting. It's, like it's it's like I'm interested just to see who is getting work like form from like a friend perspective, but also from a broadcast perspective, because I intend on watching a lot of China. It's a good time zone for for waking up and going to bed. Um, yeah, I think. um the the B cop thing shows up again. Showed up before T I. That's uh B B cop has become this center of like um discontent with uh with talent. Uh because he is like the I don't know, the harbinger or something. Like the people look at him as like a symbol of like everything they feel is wrong with with the Dota scene, right? Because they think like, oh, nepotism and stuff like that. Like the, he doesn't get hired. He becomes like the the person that they hang all of their their hangups on. I, I guess. think it I think it might even transcend Dota because I think that there's a lot of people who who just who correctly like really like the idea of just the 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 meritocracy if you do mm -hmm. the most work the best you should be rewarded for it and yeah. from the outside looking in you see b cop doing all this casting you like him and then you go well i think based by merit he should be rewarded and you could you can do 20 podcasts talking about the meritocracy <laughs> in and outside of yeah. dota but i think that that's yeah. actually like the i think that's the most core issue that people aren't really shining a light on like they talk about b cup as a person they talk about the casting but they're, they're not really talking about like hey i think he deserves it because of this like core philosophical belief 
Um, yeah, and I think it's a belief that a lot of people hold. Yeah, uh, I myself. I do to a degree. Yeah, like. Yeah, I think um, you know, I, I people just generally like to see hard work rewarded, mm -hmm. um, and because they want to believe that if they work hard, they'll also be able to succeed. And the the counterbalance to that, uh, the other side of that coin, rather, would be um, that they work hard and they don't get that success, and they become bitter about it. Um, and then they, they lay it up on uh, other people. And that may be true. It may be true that you got passed over for that promotion because of networking. Um, and, or, or, and, but I think some people, uh, do it just because they, they need to find a reason. It can't be their, it can't be their fault or they can't hold it up to like powerlessness, right? It needs, there needs to be an evil, a bad guy. Uh, to their personal life story, right? I didn't get that promotion because, you know, uh, for whatever bad luck or bad reasons there were, uh, I didn't get that promotion because that guy sucked that guy's dick, you know? So. <laughs> That's uh, my industry, baby. <laughs> um. <laughs> so I think it, it helps people feel uh, better about those things. And, and I think that networking um, is so weird that like, you know what networking is? Networking is literally just getting along with your colleagues. Uh, for for in in this in Dota talent industry, uh, and I personally have, have never had uh, any problems with uh, with B Cop, but I will say that like the fact that he hasn't got hi hired for anything, I think people should ask him why he's not getting hired for anything instead of just making up reasons. You should probably just ask B Cop, like, hey man, why aren't you? Why didn't you get picked up? for the like you did china last year why aren't you getting picked up for china this year like there may be a, a good reason for that uh i i personally don't know um i don't know for sure i i only heard like a rumor basically but uh people should really just ask him those things and instead of just like making up fantasy power play stories about like how the the talent or valve are like cutting him out or something like that, uh, that it is possible that those things happen. Uh, it's a much but, more fun story to tell also, because like you said, that, is, that, then, there, yeah. then there's a villain, then there's a story, there's a narrative and you can get invested in it because you care about these people and there's good and there's evil. Um, yeah. but yeah, like I, I, I think that you're pretty, you're pretty on point and like, you know, what, what is his side of the story? Maybe there's something that no one is thinking about. That's a reason why something isn't happening. Um, yeah, I will, I will say that like hiring for these sort of things, uh, talent don't really have any power in this. Uh, not that I really think of like maybe really established talent can say like, Hey, I don't want to work with this person. He gives me bad vibes or she is super annoying or something like that maybe you maybe some talent have that like power or something to be able to do something like that but i don't think i've ever heard of anybody doing that um outside of like very specific me too examples for example mm -hmm. um but like i i don't think i've ever heard of any talent do that most of the talent uh, get along fairly well. In fact, I would say pretty well, uh, especially given everything that I just saw from CSGO. Like, you know, Dota is like, whoo, we're having a good time over here. Uh, I mean, like, for example, banding together and negotiating together in talent industries, like, I think that very rarely happens. And from what I understand in esports, doesn't happen hardly at all. But like Dota talent did that. Uh, and I feel like that says something about like the, our relationship with each other, that we trust each other and that we, we don't like aren't working to like undercut each other or, or screw each other out of a, a job. Uh, and I think 
I think that's uh, that's yeah. a sign of like, even uh, even to the point. Like my understanding is that you guys regularly like share rates and like have very candid conversations about like you know work with each other, which is yeah. abnormal it, from a talent agent. That 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 is very abnormal. Yeah, any any caster ever wants to know my rates, I I will tell them. I, and I have created a caster Discord for um, the online casters, and I have shared my rate, and I've shared like, hey, this is. Like, because the DPC was coming up and I wanted people to know, like, hey, you should ask for, like, this, you have a day rate. You don't get paid by series. You have a day rate that you get paid for. You get paid for travel days. You get paid for rehearsal days. Like, make sure that you are asking for these things and don't let yourself get screwed out just because you're ignorant of, of like, uh, what what the standard is. Both what you get paid for and how much people get paid for it for. So... Uh, you know, people yeah, always talk. Was... <laughs> people always talk about post like esport career jobs if that ever needs to happen. I'm just saying, your resume for union leader wouldn't look horrible. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> Player formerly <laughs> Dota caster, formerly known as the capitalist, becomes a, a union leader. Those things are not exclusive. <laughs> but uh, uh, I do think uh, I I do like getting people to work together. Uh, that is that is one of my. Uh, one of my pleasures in life. So, uh, yeah. So I, I think this whole, like, once again, uh, a bunch of people are making out to be like, oh man, these shitty networking, uh, nepotistic, uh, casters, uh, when the reality is here's what happens. DPC, uh, people bid for, to be able to get a league, uh, tournament organizers that win that bid, um, then approach talent and offer like, Hey, here's, here's dates. What would your rates be for it? Uh, there's some negotiating maybe back and forth. Uh, and th that's pretty much it. Like, I, I don't think Valve... Um, like mandates or... I don't think... Uh, I'm like watching the I can't say this. Term. I, yeah, I... Because... I, um, <laughs> I, Here's the thing is like, they're, okay, let me actually talk about the Cap and Blitz podcast real quick. Blitz and I had like a little, a little, uh, a session back and forth uh, after the podcast. There were a bunch of people like talking to me in like Reddit comments and stuff like, oh, like, you know, like they're accusing Blitz of basically lying about like how, like, oh, you, you're saying Liquid didn't pay a bunch of money to Team Secret in order to get these players or something like that. And it's like, <laughs> he said it on a podcast where Secret could literally listen to it and call him out. Like, you have no other information but what Blitz is giving you. Like, how 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 are you just saying he's a liar when when actual people with knowledge could listen to it and call him out immediately? Like, why why would he lie on that podcast if he doesn't talk, want to talk about something? He actively says, you know, I don't think I could talk about that. And 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 so I I do the same with this podcast. Like, I I'm pretty real with you guys, but there are some things that I gotta be careful when it, what I talk about. Um, and I'm trying to get around this that Valve uh. I don't think Valve dictates to all the tournament organizers, hey, don't hire this talent or anything like that. Um, yeah. So, in gen like the in general, it's just these tournament organizers, whoever's in charge of, of talent is figuring it out themselves. Um, and who they personally like, who they think fits their style, who, who they think uh, will charge uh, the least, you know, like all of these factors come into play. So the fact that like, if he doesn't get any jobs, that, that seems really weird to me. 
uh, mostly because like there are six different tournament organizers, or mm-hmm. or rather there are basically four different tournament organizers. I think for these leagues at this point, so uh, it's kind of weird that none of them hired them. Uh, that that's kind of weird. I I don't see how that happens without like burning bridges with multiple people. There's I a guess. reason for investigation to happen because it looks abnormal on the surface, just why people are like, hmm, what's going on? But don't know the full story. Also, yeah, so, you know ju- so just ask him. Ask him <laughs> instead of just making up weird ass fucking stories about the talent cabal or, or like somebody at Valve, you know, Gabe specifically hates B Cop and has told everybody in the industry that he is not to be hired under any circumstances, you know? I, I can only imagine how frustrating it is for Will to be explicitly like, okay, everybody, I'm being a little vulnerable here. I want to say, like, I, like, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm telling you the truth. Like, I'm not lying. Liquid didn't have the highest offer for Matu. And you, know, <laughs> you fucking piece of shit of you deceptive <laughs> motherfucker. What are you doing? You, of course, you paid the most money. Like, that is just. On a, on a human psychology level, so mentally taxing to be like, hey, everybody, I'm putting myself out there. Like, I just, you know, here's some information. You might find it interesting. Fuck you. Like, oh, man, I feel so. Ugh. Why does uh, Will well, even do that? Think, why? Why? why, think, why? Think about the mental space that person who's saying that is in. Uh, they, they just view everything that is put forward to them uh, as as deception and lies, you know? <laughs> We can probably like if you're gonna take like a personal podcast that doesn't get any like major engagement uh, whatsoever and just say like oh it's it's all marketing you know like Jesus Christ like, nothing in the world is real it's all we're just in the marketing matrix right now everything that we put out there is just yeah, yeah. all all we're do- like this podcast I like I didn't want to tell people this because we've only made it to, almost made it to a hundred episodes this whole podcast mm-hmm. is just like a big uh, cabal for you to promote me enough to be able to take B Cop's spot as a caster and it's almost working we're in stage like three <laughs> so like we're you know so you know we're oh, man, so we got, close, we got so close to it and people finally figured out that you know where <laughs> everything's a lie this all has a secondary purpose like you know maybe <laughs> Maybe just take a step back. You know, it's pretty good because if if you really set that straight face and really tried to sell it, there would be people 100%. Who would be. <laughs> like, Joey's trying to leave his job at Team Liquid to become a, an, a Dota 2 analyst. I would, I cannot think of a thing I would like to do less. <laughs> Why? I mean, okay. I think being Dota talent is great. It's a lot I, of fun. I, I, I can't think of a lot of things I'd rather do less. Let's not be hyperbolic about that. If I was ever working like in a Dota space on a broadcast that a lot of people were watching, it would it could only be in like an interviewer or a host thing. I have no I have literally no business talking about the game at a deeper level than most people. So like I I and also I truly think the last thing that that Dota needs is is like another straight white American man talking about the game. So like that well, being... as a straight white American man, I'll tell you to go fuck yourself. How about that, Joey? Um, that being said, <laughs> that being said, if there's a big Team uh-huh. Liquid project at TI next year that I'm involved with, it's do not clip this out because it's very separate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. The uh, <laughs> I think we've got else? one more thing. One yes, more thing. One, one more, more thing. thing. We absolutely have to talk about because uh, I actually did like research. 
uh, for this thing. I actually Ooh. reached out and talked to people like like a journalist would do. Uh, talk about this bit on the. It was mostly because I was personally curious. The uh, the bumblebees issue. You guys don't know what I'm talking about. The bumblebees. Uh, bumblebees was a team formerly known as like Sad Boys. I think last year um, they were in the upper division of North America last season. Uh, so the second season of last year, and they got relegated down. So they got seventh, I think, in the upper division, and they would be playing in the lower division for this season. Now, uh, that team, um, that roster is full of players who are now on different North American teams, North American teams that are already in uh, upper division. For example, Moo is now on four Zoomers. Um, the only players that are not in the upper division or are already on a team I think they're all in upper division. Uh, the only two players that were not there anymore would be uh, PPD, uh, which doesn't seem like he plans on playing at all. And Fear, who also sort of uh, retired or has taken a break. I'm not sure which. Um, but those are the only two players. So this slot uh came into the hands basically of a guy called Hotaros, who was the manager, I believe, of the Bumblebees at that time. None of the players wanted the slot, so he has the slot. Um, and this is Can we not call it the of... slot? <laughs> it, feels, it feels so weird. He has the slot. I need, I need, I need, I need <laughs> the slot. Ah. <laughs> so it's like it's some shady club. <laughs> what, what do you want to call it instead? I, I, I should have had a better pitch prepared because now That's I'm just true. Your you story. should have had like, a better one because I, now I can't like what else am I going to call it the spot <laughs> it's basically the same word <laughs> yeah let's go with spot anyway okay he has he he owns the spot in the lower division <laughs> of North America um, and none of the players wanted it so he's got it um, and so I asked him about it and he told me um, that he actually tried to see if if uh, he could build a team or give it to uh, give it to you know somebody who is is forming like a good squad. But everybody who contacted him was apparently from NA. It uh, wasn't well, sorry, wasn't from uh, NA or SA. Uh, the people who contacted okay. him for so that that that's what he says. So he says that he decided to to take advantage of the situation. Just he got a chance to play in the lower division. Uh, so he's going to take that chance. And he formed a team, which was him. And I think four, uh, I think four female Dota players. I'm not hundred percent on that uh, just yet. So the, uh, that was the team. Obviously they got ripped to shreds on Reddit and people uh, were claiming this was a terrible, terrible, disrespectful thing to do due to the DPC, which I kind of disagree with. Um, but yeah, they got ripped to shreds by Reddit. Um, and now the recent news is that Hotaros, uh, because of some uh, Me Too allegations against him in 2017, um, and people him a bunch of shit for that, he has now stepped down from the team. And presumably the team is going to just completely disband uh, because I don't even know if they can play anymore because they can't add players. So if you drop out, uh, I don't know how exactly. I think Valve would probably fix that situation if it was like medical or something like that. Like some four man 
got like just abandoned by their fifth. You know, like Valve might be able to like give you some leeway there, uh, but I I can't I can't imagine there's any incentive for Valve to uh, fix this team because obviously it's it's a very controversial subject. What a what a roller coaster! So like I was only vaguely looking at this from the sidelines over the week because all this happened like really quickly. And yeah. all of the drama was like on a roller coaster of like, oh no, we're mad about women. Oh no, we're mad about the selling the spot. Oh no, this person is not a good person. All of which are like nuanced and justifiable talking points for like different, mm-hmm. you know, reasons. Um, and, and it's hard because like I appreciate the recap because like I even I'm like, what actually happened? And why are people mad for so many different reasons? Uh, if you look on uh, Wikipedia, which you know probably not the finite final source um but it says that bumblebees is disqualified and another slot was added for the close qualifier because i think that the team is no longer playing with the the uh spot owner uh who stepped away and there was like roster lock timing issues right so everything is just kind of resolved itself and i think that it'll just be like a weird footnote uh as opposed to what probably would have been an entire season of people targeting and harassing and complaining about either injustice or i guess injustice so probably or complaining about women you can say that <laughs> like the, uh, i i think uh, a lot of people see this this is the thing about um the the internet is that people take the opportunity um when they see something they don't like they the internet uh, especially reddit has become um when you talk about the circle jerk it basically becomes a race to to be the most hateful about a thing that people hate right the more hateful you are the higher upvoted your comment is going to be um because, because people are naturally vindictive and and uh what is it, mm-hmm. Schadenfreude? Like those, those you buy into those those emotions and stuff. So uh, it becomes very quickly that people like want to be able to be the the most um, accusatory, the most like you know I'm up on my moral high ground and fuck this guy. Look how terrible they are. Yep. Um, so I think um, that sort of happened in this situation. But again, I, I think this like my personal stance is on this is this was not only I don't know disrespectful i guess uh, i just think it was plain stupid i'm not sure what good point you could possibly be making out of this um that what i did talk to papayas as well uh papayas was the uh probably the highest profile um person on she's a streamer i believe for alliance um and she's pretty high mmr i believe um so yeah and I, I i asked her about it and so i was just asking her kind of like what what the point of this was um exactly because i assume it's because sole ownership is that uh, they're making a stand against sole ownership um which is what she said my uh slot ownership rule is kind of busted um which i i know a lot of people agree with i actually maybe disagree with uh i think it's a problem in dota because we don't have very many organizations that is like the biggest problem right because if you have an organization uh and like there are team owners involved and they they buy a slot that works uh that can screw up players of course but it also works at players advantage where you're actually able to when you qualify for a slot and you get into upper division and you as a team own that slot when you sell out to a team owner like you are not only getting like, hey, you know, uh, sponsor us, like buy us out, 
uh, you know, give us a salary and that sort of thing. We'll play under your brand. You're also able to sell the slot that you have to that team owner as like an additional negotiation advantage when it comes to salary or even just flat out, like, you know, just a, a flat sum that you get. Um, so I think there are, there are advantages to that. I think you do want to incentivize team owners to, to be involved in the DPC. And that is the best way I think probably to do it is to, to actually allow them to hold uh, a, a slot that, you know, I bought an upper division slot and I'm also going, that also means that they want to hold that slot, right? Because you can get relegated, which means that you, you pay to be able to get the players that will help you keep that slot mm -hmm. or get you into the majors, get you into TI. Um, an ideal world, that's what would happen. Unfortunately, the Dota ecosystem is mostly made up of player-owned teams. Um, so that, that becomes a much more of a shit show when it's just five guys and one of them <laughs> holds the slot or maybe a manager if they're trying to be a little bit more professional about it. But most likely it's the captain and he owns the slot and he is just able to kick and, and add people whenever they want. Uh, you know, there, there, there is problems for sure, no doubt. You know, speaking of professional involvement you know more traditional team involvement and also the nadpc do you think that during this dpc cycle one of these unsponsored teams will join evil geniuses in north america and grab some type of more established team or are we going to go an entire another year in na with quincy crew undying four zoomers black and yellow mm. Yeah, um, maybe, maybe because we're, um, we're getting around COVID at this point in time, um, where we're actually going to be able to have events, maybe with audiences, since that's what happened in the CSGO major. Um, so I think that makes investing into esports a little bit more enticing. Um, combined with the consistency factor. Okay, we did this last season or last year. Now we're doing this this year as well. Like, okay, if this if this is a consistent product that is showing up, then I feel uh, people are, uh, uh, team owners are more likely to buy into it, right? Because it's like, what if they bought into this lot last year? Then Valve just decided, ah, we're actually not going to do DPC. <laughs> we're just not going to do it. Then, like, they, they invested into a slot that, uh, you know, and, and a team that if they didn't get an immediate return that year, then, like, their slot literally just goes away into the ether. Um, so I, I think uh, it is more likely, but I'm still pretty pessimistic. Heard it here first. FlyQuest Z Freak coming at you this DPC season. Mm, okay, okay. I was going to say maybe if Quincy Crew succeeds like they did last year, uh, I I feel like maybe they're more likely to accept a bid that would be under their uh, expected, yeah, under their market and, and just be like, whatever, we got to get a salary. Uh, <laughs> but I, I don't know how many offers. I actually never talked to Jack about that. I don't know how many offers they they ever had uh whether they were legit offers or not so yeah i i think it's uh kind of unlikely just because it's hard to see how dota esports from a team owner side is all of a sudden going to be revitalized you know it's still a very top heavy esport uh so if you're not investing in the absolute best players uh i'm not sure what the advantage of is investing into like the fourth best team in na yeah. You know, I don't I don't think there's anything there. Like shit, if CSGO can't can't actually keep their uh their team owners, you know, if they can't keep their their organizations, then I, I'm not sure how Dota is gonna be able to do that. You know? So 
Well, shit. Um, I, not I, looking great. I suspect a lot of people may or may not be listening to this in the Americas on or around Thanksgiving. So uh, happy that day to people. Mm-hmm. I think when we do the podcast next, is the season going to be? Uh, it's going to be live. There's going to be games played. You're going to be presumably working somewhere. So we're, so we're. Oh yeah. We will have stuff to talk about. Games results. Hopefully less drama. Maybe more drama. Uh, <laughs> coming maybe at you more. next week. Ooh. Yes. Uh, I think so. I've gotten a schedule for the first season that uh, first bit of the season that I'm working. So I actually don't know exactly what date I'll be first working. But yeah, we should be actually going live here pretty soon, which is kind of weird because I feel like everything has happened very quickly. Uh, Even like teams, whether or not they were actually locked in or not weeks before they, they finally did. Uh, like teams are all of a sudden, okay, now we know the teams talent. I know haven't really been, even now, I'm not sure if all the talent have been locked in. And I feel like people have to, if they're going to fly somewhere, I feel like they have to fly like really damn soon. So especially if you're going uh, international, like across an ocean, like that's not just like a thing that you do for tomorrow. If you're going to Sweden, you're probably planning on it a little bit, right? You know? Yeah. So I, I don't know. Things seem a little bit disorganized right now. Not sure if that's just TI date change and like things. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I don't know, but yeah. it's uh, things are a bit messy right now, but uh, the season should be kicking off soon. Cool. Well, then. Uh... Shit. Maybe I shouldn't ever host anything because I can't even out. I can't even do an out. I think you just cut it at shit. <laughs> I think maybe. Or I, or, or I leave this in and show like the process. Yeah, so the process is we say things and we keep talking That's until the other show. eventually uh, it's cut out. Fuck. <laughs>